Hi, everybody. It's Devan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. I hope you're doing very well. Somebody asked me on the message board why I'd said at one point in a podcast some time ago why I had mentioned that dudes and cars, you know, big, meaty muscle cars, monster truck rallies, what's up with that? And I said, well, it had to do with poor father fathering, either absent fathering or bad fathering. And people fully rightfully said, "Baha." Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I thought I would explain a little bit more of what I said, of what I meant. So there are two basic survival strategies or fatherhood strategies for the adult human male. One is to spread your seed as widely as possible. And by that, I do not mean masturbating while parachuting. Not that that isn't fun. But uh, I mean that you basically have a strategy called have, have sex voluntarily or involuntary with as many women as possible. And, you know, hopefully one of those little barons will make it to adulthood and start doing the same. And the other is you pair bond, right? You, you stick around with the woman, you raise the children, you have much fewer children, and you invest far more resources in them. Now, I think it's fairly clear that the rape slash war slash seed spraying behavior uh, is what happens when you're in a society of both scarcity and violence. Whereas the pair bond and invest a lot in your children uh, and have far fewer children, of course, happens when you're in a situation of peace, trade, plenty, and, and so on. And so when you are in the war slash rape reproductive strategy or the spray your seed reproductive strategy you are very interested in dominance uh interactions are win-lose i will dominate you and that is how reproduction occurs and that is a you know we're just talking from an amoral you know reproduce your genes standpoint from a pure biology standpoint that's the best reproductive strategy in a time of want and scarcity and war is to be an aggressive, dominating, conquering male, uh, and therefore your interactions are going to be win-lose. The woman's going to have sex with you whether she likes it or not. You're going to stick a spear through the guy's head whether he likes it or not. Uh, And uh, this is the Genghis Khan approach. And given the number of Asians who can trace their lineage to Genghis Khan's hyperactive uh, balls, well, uh, it's a fairly successful reproductive strategy. And so if you are in a a situation of violence, aggression, uh, and fatherlessness, right? Because these fathers don't tend to stick around. And so, I mean, Genghis Khan didn't stick around to raise all 12 billion of his children. And so if you're a, a boy and you are raised without a father, then the epigenetics of your situation say something like this. Okay, okay, so dad's not around, which means that we're in the screw as many women as you can and hope that some of the kids reach adulthood, which means that I better be really aggressive. It means that I better be conquering. It means that I'd better be, you know, a thunder-chested Conan-style warrior bastard. And so that's what you do. Uh, You become obsessed with power. You become obsessed with size. You become obsessed with dominance. You become obsessed with winning. Uh, And this is why you're into the Tyrannosaurus Rex that eats 
everything <laughs> in its path and muscle cars with big loud noises and you're into muscular men uh, and uh, you know sorry that's probably <laughs> that's not exactly the same reproductive strategy but but that's the the general issue that occurs now this occurs even before you're born right because the baby receives information about the environment it's going to be born into even before it exits the vagina uh, and so if the mother is undergoing stress or privation, starvation, thirst, want of any kind, uh, changes the way the baby's mind works. The baby comes out, tends to be more aggressive, more because that's the environment they're going to have to, it's going to be win-lose. It's not going to be win-win. And therefore, you know, dominance and uh, muscularity and a kind of bad stereotype of masculinity uh, is what rises to the forefront of the young boy's minds. And this is, this is just one reproductive strategy. It's not the way that it has to be. It's just how human beings adapt to their particular environment. And this is something that you can really trace, right? I mean, there's some evidence for this. Um, when you look at the, the modern epidemic of fatherlessness uh, started in the 70s, when you had a sort of 300% rise in the divorce rate. And it was during this time that you began to see really hyper-masculine kinds of images arising in the culture, right? So if you look at sort of the male heroes, even for uh, boys and, and young men, you had, you know, pretty gentle kinds of, um, you know, the ward cleavers and the father knows best and my three sons and all that kind of stuff. It got a little bit darker with wait till your father gets home. But but the Flintstones and all of that, they were all kind of genial and and all of that kind of stuff. But what changed, of course, in the 70s was, and they weren't particularly muscular, right? I mean, Gregory Peck and, and Humphrey Bogart and all of these guys, um, they, you didn't have to be particularly muscular. But with the rise of fatherlessness, you get the rise of win-lose, dominant, um, hyper-masculine uh, manhood coming to the forefront, which is one of the reasons why in the 70s you start to see really muscular kinds of uh, men uh, becoming the heroes, right? So the Rocky kind of, you know, really big, meaty, uh, you know, massive <laughs> biceps kind of thing. I remember, just by the by, when I first saw the Blues Brothers, there was Matt Guitar Murphy was the guitarist. I mean, the man had biceps the size of my thighs. I mean, I remember being really impressed by that and wanting to get sort of big and, and all that kind of stuff. And the, so the, the hyper-muscularity, the six-packs and, and the sort of the viper, the sort of V-shaped um, back that you're supposed to get as a man. Well, all of this is because when there aren't dads around, you assume it's going to be a rape-slash-war-slash-spray-your-seed kind of reproductive environment. So you want to be dominant, you want to be aggressive, you want to be big, you want to be strong. And this is why you get the rise of jocks and the diminishment of nerds, right? I mean, this is what happens in this kind of hyper-masculine, assuming that you're going to have to punch your way through life. So, you know, the bigger people who are physically more strong and more adept, uh, they become the heroes. And the people who are intellectually or even morally more uh, virtuous and, and smarter and better, they become the, the pencil neck geeks and so on. This is all part of the plague of fatherlessness that has really cursed, damned, undermined, and probably will eventually destroy Western civilization. Uh, as soon as you have no dads in the picture, you begin to get this kind of feral aggression uh, that goes on, particularly among boys. It also changes what women look for. Because if a woman uh, is needs a man 
as women generally do. As women, if a woman needs a man to stick around to pair bond, right, to 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 love and to have a great family connection and to uh, raise the children uh, in a peaceful and productive and loving and long term manner, then she's going to have to look for a guy who's a good guy, not just a you know he's cute and funny uh, <laughs> and big chested and with a ripping Jersey Shore body. She's going to have to look for, for a guy who's actually reliable, who's who's productive, who's dependable, who's you know not going to stray, and all that kind of stuff. So, when you have a situation where fatherlessness becomes more and more of the norm, then women tend to adopt more short-term reproductive strategies. Again, the woman's genes want to reproduce just as much as the men do, and if the woman is, if the woman's genes or or sexual desires are being shaped in an environment where fatherlessness or war slash rape is the reproductive strategy, then she's going to start looking for different things than long-term, dependable, <laughs> virtuous, loving, patient, calm fatherhood. She's going to start looking for the physically most dominant, physically most aggressive, physically most muscular, biggest asshole around, because that's going to give her strapping sons who are going to grow up and dominate other men and so on. And this is why you see the rise of hypermuscular six-pack jock approaches uh, to what women find attractive. And this is why the sort of the body image issues have begun to plague men as much as they used to plague women, because women now have shorter term reproductive strategies and looking for mere physical attractiveness uh, or physical dominance characteristics rather than long-term virtue. And this, of course, is, I get these emails all the time saying, well, I'm a nice guy and, you know, women keep going for the bad boy. But that's because the bad boy wins in a time of enormous conflict and, and violence and destruction in society. And fatherlessness is a cue to women, to even fetuses, to, to babies, to the development of the human psyche. It is a cue to say, uh, you better be dominant, you better be aggressive, you better be punchy, uh, you better not take any shit, and you better beat others, right? Because to get back to the race car thing, well, race cars are big and powerful and muscular, but they also it's a win-lose thing. Right, it's like kids' um, addictions to. This sort of came out in the '70s as well, where kids really got into martial arts. Right, They're like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and they really got into uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all of this fisty, fisty fight, fight stuff. And that wasn't really so much around when I was younger, at least. And that's because you're getting these cues. Dads aren't around. We better be tough because the strategy is to kill and to rape, uh, or at least to have those characteristics of dominance which women are more likely to go for when the social cues are around. Now, of course, the reality is that the reason that there was a far greater fatherlessness was not because there was a social disintegration in society, but because of the rise of the welfare state sent the wrong cues to society, right? So a woman could have uh, children without the dad being around because of the welfare state. And so you kind of have this mismatch. It's really, really important to understand this when you're talking to people it's really, I, I sort of do this when I'm talking to people, say, okay, what are you bred for? What were you bred for? What kind of world were you bred for? Were you bred for a world of peace and plenty and cooperation and win-win negotiations? Or were you bred for, you know, fight, 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 win, lose, dominate? Because in that society, there is not pair bonding. There's not, you know, one girl for every boy or whatever. It's a different kind of environment. Uh, the women tend to submit to the most powerful um, alpha male around, and that's 
very different situation. So I always ask myself, when I'm debating with someone, when I'm interacting with someone, it's a really, really important question to ask. Which world are you living in? Which world Are you living in the world of war or are you living in the world of peace? Were you bred for the world of conflict or were you bred for the world of cooperation? Are you bred for win-lose or are you bred for win-win? Now, of course, there's more to it than breeding. I mean, obviously, you can change the world. You really have to be conscious about it and really work hard to do it, but you can change the world that you currently inhabit. But it's really, really important to understand, just look back in your own life. You know, was there a lot of conflict? Did your parents divorce? Was there a lot of conflict in the marriage? Uh, did you grow up without a dad, as so many people do? That has profound effects on your body's reaction and preparation for what it means to be an adult, for what it means to be a man, for what it means to be a woman, for what you find sexually attractive, right? So this other comment that I get constantly, it's like, well, she's a, a good woman, but I just, I don't feel that spark. Well, the spark, that, that sort of flash fire of sexual attraction, that's for the world of war. That's for the world of war. And that's, if you follow that, you will, I mean, in my opinion, you will not develop good pair bonding. But if you look for somebody who's virtuous and you look for somebody who's, you know, <laughs> the hotness of your wife doesn't matter at three o'clock in the morning when your baby's been up for the third time that night, what really matters is, you know, patience and calm and, and all that kind of stuff, not a woman who's irritated because she wants to be at a disco. So look at that in your world. Look at that in yourself. What kind of world was I bred for? What kind of reproductive strategy is my body attuned to or prepared for? And you will learn an awful lot about yourself and the people around you. If you grew up in a situation or a family environment of, of peace and plenty and cooperation and patience and so on, then you're, you're built for pair bonding. You're built for win-win negotiations. You're built for cooperation. That's the way your brain, your body, your nervous system, the whole physiology is tuned. But if you were born into conflict, if you were born into aggression, verbal abuse, physical abuse, if you were born into a single-parent household, my guess my guess is that you, my friend, are tuned for war. And you really, really need to look at how to change your pitch to end up with a happier life than the one you're programmed for.